Stormy's like she pissed. She's just like pushing her face and being like cuddle me, and also I'm having a very hard time right now. It's kind of cold. It's too cold. She's probably cold because she just had a bath. Mm. Here, give her this blanket. <laughs> there you go. Do you need blanket? Did you see the picture of uh um in the group me that I posted of Sammy? Having a blanket, having like Matt's Virginia. Yes, blanket it was on. so cute. It was so, so pure. I thought Matt sent it at first because it was the yeah. Virginia Tech thing, and I was like, "Well, he did oh. put the blanket on Sammy." He's Shout a pure out to human. Matt for when he's listening to this. You're a pure human, Matt. <laughs> come talk to us about politics soon. I mean, I guess I could come to the office and do that. Yeah, you never come to the office. We've talked about this. Some people are rude in the office, so I don't come. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> they are. If they listen, stop listening. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> You're listening to a Jump to Love podcast. Episode 5. Episode 5. I'm Diane. And I'm Kyle. We have strong opinions and weak qualifications. You always say that the same way. You said that last time. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's because you keep doing it. Cool. Original <laughs> statement there, Kyle. Original content is our middle name. Yeah. Kyle and Diane, original content, Dotson and Shoot. <laughs> I feel like what we constantly are doing is trying to not steal everybody else's content. Which is what Good. academia is in general. Yeah. Hey, let's cite this paper, but just change a little bit. Yeah. So it's not So that you're not saying plagiarizing. the same thing. Mm-hmm. I guess further support it is ideal. Clearly we know a lot about science. Science. That's why we host a science podcast about mm-hmm. science, politics, science. pop culture, our stands. Science podcast doesn't seem like the right title for this. It's a science for podcast. For whatever happens here. <laughs> okay, but this time we have so much more wildlife for y'all because we've been laying in super heavy on the politics because obviously, and there's just been a lot that's been going on. Yeah. So, okay, we won't tell your secrets, little Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> You are texting us while we're recording this, so that's That could be all multiple get. people, too, which I guess is a good thing. I know a lot of Geminis. Yeah. But we're speaking to one Gemini. We won't <laughs> tell your secrets. Okay, that means you have to listen soon, too. Yeah. So, let's start off with maybe a super heavy topic. We always, what do you think? Yeah. I think you need to take your phone off the table because it's probably vibrating I'm jo- into I was, the recording. I just am, I'm putting it on silent mode right now. Okay, there you go. That's all I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> so some really cool stuff that's come. There's been a lot that's been coming out of India that's been pretty progressive lately. So India's top court ruled that sex with child brides is always rape, basically ending the argument that men having sex with girls was okay because they were married to them, which is, I think, super humbling. Child brides are not something that we tend to have to worry about here. Yeah. Um, so I think it was awesome that we saw this come out and also it reminds reminded me that we need to help a lot of girls around the world so it reinforced the legal age of consent being 18 which is great it's still not perfect because girls under 18 it's considered rape but they have to submit a complaint within a year of it happening which of course has so many problems yeah um but at least it is a step in the right direction so just for a little context india is ranked 10th in the world for world for child marriage, with an estimated 47% of girls being married by the time they turn 18. 47% of girls being married by the time they turn 18. That is a lot. And we got that stat from Girls Not Brides, which is an organization um, bringing light to this. And so the reason behind this is super driven by economics. So there's kind of two dimensions to it. The fact that the family gets unpaid labor to do household chores is a really big part of it. And then, of course, in poor rural communities, girls are often seen as an economic burden on their family, and many parents marry off their girls young to improve their financial status, or at least they hope that they can improve their financial status. So there's a lot that drives that it's not just bad people doing bad things. And I think we know that um, as a society, that that's generally not just the reason that things happen, but there is a little bit of context and there's more about the system that needs to be fixed. And then I think what another thing I learned while reading this article was if a girl has premarital, premarital sex, she often has to marry the person she had sex with, whether it was consensual or not. So lots of things happening there. 
it's a really good step in the right direction. We have to continue to push to do the right thing for girls, for children, for everybody around the world. So yeah, good job, India. Keep pushing. You're doing good things this yeah, year. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. They've been doing a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot more to improve, but every country has so much to improve on, so good job. I think what I'm most excited to talk about <laughs> this podcast, because it's happened since our last podcast, and anybody that knows me, I've already posted on it about it on every social media platform that I have. And Corey in, in the house! Too. What? <laughs> and talked about it in person, too. Yeah, and in person. So Cory Booker announced that he is running for pre- president. I don't know even I don't know where to start. Um, he is vegan, which is a lot of the reason that I first learned about him. I think back in like 2015, 2014, something like that, which is really cool. He actually follows me on Twitter. <laughs> low bra- uh, low humble brag. Humble brag. Low key brag. That's what I was going to say. He does follow me on Twitter though. You can go check if you need receipts. I mean, the question is how much does he interact with you? That doesn't matter. I mean, he no, follows I think me. It does a little bit. Okay, but he follows How many me. people does he follow? How many people can say that they are followed? Are you followed by Cory Booker? No, I'm not followed. Are you followed by any of the presidential candidates? No. Okay. But bye. to be honest, I was on. Tw- I haven't been on Twitter as long as you have. True. I got one in like. I'm high under a year. School, middle school. Yeah, I'm under a year right now. Oh, it was so. like kind of big for us, which is why I've tried to like go back and censor it. But I need to pay somebody to do it, probably. Because uh, I'm sure I just tweeted stupid things in yeah. high school. At Kristen Gillibrand, if you follow me, uh, she then doesn't. <laughs> I will have a pretty solid uh, presidential candidate following me, which would be good. So, <laughs> you have to, her name is Kirsten. Kirsten. Kirsten Gillibrand. She already isn't gonna follow you. Stop. You mess up her name. <laughs> okay, Corey. Corey Booker. He's vegan. He played football at Stanford. Six foot four. Very tall man. <laughs> we should judge him how people judge women. <laughs> Just kidding, we won't. No, we should He's not. You shouldn't should perpetuate that. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> he was in the movie 13th, which you, if you haven't seen, it's a documentary talking about incarceration, and you should watch that, institutional racism, all that. Very, very good documentary. He once flirted with Mindy Kaling on Twitter, <laughs> if y'all don't remember, and then he they made plans to go on a date. So, conspiracy theory, he's the father of her child. No. I actually maybe. think it's BJ Novak, but let's just pretend for fun. Do we know? We, yeah, we don't have any idea, right? No, she hasn't said. It's her decision, you know? Do yeah, that thing, no, that's bro. fair. He loves Costco, in case y'all haven't forgot <laughs> that either, or in case you have forgot it. He responds really beautifully to haters on social media. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> As he confirmed, he got a boo. Should I maybe read the love poem I wrote for him, or... <laughs> I mean, you have it committed to heart, so you don't really need to read it. He knows. I've sent much, much love to him over <laughs> the, the years. The first thing that, when we when we were volunteering on Mary Karen's campaign, <laughs> the first thing that I said to Mary Karen was that Cory Booker is Diane's future husband, so... <laughs> I know, but he's got a bay. And people said that it might be Rosario Dawson, who played Mimi in Rent, and I can't compete with that. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if you hold out, honestly, like, I adore Cory Booker, not necessarily in a romantic way. Like, I just really look up to him as a person because he does spread so much kindness and not just, like, obviously a lot to people, but he also spreads a lot of kindness to animals, too. He's, Which is not usually what you get out of someone from Jersey. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, very into animal welfare, and I just really like that. So, Yay. Um, he was on the Committee of Environment and Public Works, which is really interesting. The Subcommittee of Fisheries, Water, and Wildlife. Yeah, he's a so badass dude. you could at some point work for him, probably, because he probably I will work for things. him. Okay. Hire me. I applied on his website. <laughs> <laughs> I submitted that CV. Uh, so hire me. I mean, I'm open May, <laughs> May 10th May is when 2020. I graduate. I mean, not 2020. That's me. <laughs> May 2019. 2019. Hire me. Or Kamala. I mean, either of them, I am super into. Really, any of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I said, I would vote for any of the major players right now. I don't know that I believe in as many, as, in all of them as much as I believe in Corey and Kamala. So I would have a hard time rooting against them. But you know what? Right now they believe so many of the same things. So yeah. it's not necessarily like you're pinned against each other yet. So this is something that I was talking about earlier uh, when we were taking the dogs for a walk because that's what we do uh, yeah. in our spare time. Kyle always helps off. me take like seven dogs for a walk. <laughs> um, but I was 
expressing my thoughts that I was having a very hard time deciding who I thought was at the top right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand, you're up there. You keep doing Pot Save America and Love It or Leave It, and you're you're winning like, our hearts. Yeah, but also, but also, like, just because I really appreciate the content, especially around healthcare and the transition to a single payer system. Um, yes, and she. Did you listen to Love or yes. Leave It? Yes. No. If y'all don't listen to Love or Leave It, you should. Anyways, they, she We're was, not out here. No, no, no. Hold on. We're not out here trying to give free endorsements. Okay. What is this? I'm just saying we love them, but it's okay <laughs> if you don't listen to them. Basically what I'm saying is her interview on there, she was very firm in the fact that she is for a single pair. Yeah. She was, she did not back up at all. It was just Although she did have an interesting opinion about daylight savings time. I will, we won't talk about that. Wait, I don't know what that is. She just said that basically love it was like, hey, we should end daylight saving time. I mean, agreed. But like we move it forward the last time. Yeah. And then we never mess with it never again. Never do it again. And she said, no, I wake up at like 5 a.m. Oh. I like when it's light when I wake up. I mean, yes. You lost some of your voters then, honey. <laughs> because you're talking to millennials. We like to wake up. We, we like to stay out late. We like to walk our dogs after we get home from work. We like some daylight. Okay? People wake up early. Yes, I understand. That is... that is. But your, it's okay for it to be dark in the morning. I mean, yes, but that is your southern culture telling you that because <laughs> in the north, where it gets dark at like four o'clock... Yeah, we don't want that is what I'm saying. I hate that. Yeah, it's awful. It gets... It got dark here at like... I think it got dark at like four 4.45 or something. It was very close to five. It's not. <laughs> it's definitely after five. It was miserable regardless. And I was not a fan of her opinion on that. However, she was she defended it pretty well. Because she was like, I gotta go to my spin class. I mean, there you and go. Then, yeah. You know, so to each their own. I also have to go to my spin class. So <laughs> at 5 a.m. I don't have a spin class. And I don't get up until like How does it go 6 to 6 30. So <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So she it has been doing very well in terms of interviews. I think Kamala and Corey have been doing really well at, re- like, I mean, they've been coming to South Carolina for a long time and really, like, establishing those relationships. So other prominent Democratic figures, Stacey Abrams delivered the Democratic response to the State of the Union. It, she, she is born to give speeches. She spoke so well. She looked... She's so articulate. She looked great. She's so articulate. Yeah. Delivered a message in 10 minutes compared to Trump's 90. She She just did a really good job. And it just showed... I think it gave me hope when I heard the... That heard that she was going to deliver the response that maybe Democrats are moving. Like, maybe we're starting to realize that we do need these figures that aren't necessarily the traditional... Yeah, this guy's liberal, but he's still a white dude. So I think it's really cool to see that they seem to have recognized that there are big players. I mean, she was a huge player in the midterms. Everybody wanted to see what she was saying. And she should, I mean, she, it was stolen from her. She should be governor. Yeah. So I just was very hopeful in that moment in Democrats because it was just good choice. And then they also had California Attorney General Javier Basira, I think is Basira, Basira. 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 That's right. Sorry. I'm I have already said this before, but I'm very bad at pronouncing things. Anyways, he delivered the Spanish language response, which was also really cool to even have that. Yeah. So good job. I think they're doing a good job. Overall. <laughs> Overall, well done, maybe Democrats, although not Virginia Democrats. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> what is going it's, on? We're not doing so hot there. Ugh. <sighs> We, I feel like we we don't even have no, don't the mental capacity to go into this. I'm sure y'all already know about it. If you don't look it up, it's everybody's. It's talking really about awful. It. It's terrible. Blackface is racist, no matter what. Yep. Don't just End don't of discussion. do that. Kamala Harris is on a damn mission. Did did any? I hope that y'all watched her town hall, or at least it was very long. I hope you watched some clips from it. What in Iowa? It was the most watched cable news single candidate election town hall ever, which is cool. Wild. People want to watch her. In I mean, Iowa. In Iowa. This is like, the the prominence of Iowa in politics is something that is kind of wild to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I and the, okay, so this is the other thing. Like, 
presidential candidates don't come to Maine a lot. Like, they come once or twice, Mm -hmm. and, like, it's usually, like, typically to southern Maine. And so I have not grown up in a state where, like, presidential candidates, particularly in the primaries, too, because it's even less important there in the primaries, come and actually campaign. So the fact that we have had Cory Booker and Kamala and... Kirsten Gillibrand is here today as we're recording this on Saturday. Um, like all come here already is so wild to me because I'm like, they were only like two hours from me. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Yeah. And it's just we like need to so make an different effort to go to more of this. Yeah. It's so different for me than like what I'm used to. Um, because yeah, people just like people really didn't come to campaign in Maine because mm-hmm. it's a pretty like low population state mm-hmm. and so it's so strange to be in situations like that where I'm like, I could go see this person, like... And I guess people, for me, I'm sure people came to, like, Charlotte more often than I realized. My parents yeah. are just not super political. Yeah. So I don't think that... I didn't grow up super political. I grew up thinking I was mo- a moderate. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> not moderate at all. Not moderate on... I don't think I am moderate on anything in life. Not a single issue, not a single, I just have, I just have opinions about everything, which is often very exhausting, (laughs) but it's okay. Also, Lizzie, Elizabeth Warren ain't playing around. Also, she officially announced, if y'all haven't seen that, but she tweeted and said she was replying to somebody that was, oh, Howard Schultz. Which we don't really need to talk about either. Don't vote for him. (laughs) Idiot. He's, he basically is campaigning for Trump. I feel like everybody knows that by now. Uh, she replied to a statement that he said about the taxing the wealthy. She said, what's ridiculous is billionaires who think that they can buy the presidency to keep the system rigged for themselves while opportunity slips away for everyone else. The top 0.1% who'd pay my hashtag ultramillionaire tax own about the same wealth as 90% of America. It's time for change. You tell them. Also, I'm impressed that she is using, like, a hashtag to motivate people and get it trending. <laughs> Ultra like, millionaire tax. Do I you mean, think anybody used it, though? But I, no, honestly, I say keep doing it. Like, no, yeah, you keep, should definitely try to do that, for sure. Also, doing, she just straight up said how she felt. Yeah. She didn't try to make it like, well, he really shouldn't be saying that because... Because who cares? Like, the top 0.1% mm-hmm. will not vote for you if you want to tax anyone. Like, yeah. and it's not the, it's not the group of people in America that you're trying to mm-hmm. get on your side. And she had a pretty inspiration or inspirational video that we just watched where she, I mean, she is being herself and she is unabashedly running for president. And I think she has shown a lot about what she cares about and we need to see it from the other candidates too. I agree. Yeah. And you know, the... The point is, like, running on this populist message that is appealing to that 90% of mm-hmm. Americans who feel left behind is the way that, you know, it's going to work out. Because yeah. to be honest, like, that is how Trump ran. Like, mm-hmm. he ran on a message of, like, Washington is not working for people. He didn't do it in a good way or a not racist way. Right. But that's how he ran his campaign, and that's what... Honestly, also what Obama did too, like running on, uh, I am here to help you as the lower and middle class Mm -hmm. who make up most of our country is how you need to run moving forward. Yes. Love it. End of segment. End of that. (laughs) We also just saw something interesting that I wanted to mention quickly that Giffords Law Center, they have an annual gun law scorecard. And Maine and South Carolina both got Fs. Okay, a lot of people got Fs. (laughs) But they both got Fs, which is sad. North Carolina actually got a D, which was cool. (laughs) And what we wanted to talk about was the most improved, which was Florida. Congratulations once again. We're always trying to, like, build Florida up because we know that they have potential. Yeah, they do. We know they have the potential to do well. And sometimes they prove it, apparently. I mean, it took a pretty terrible thing happening. So after the Parkland Massacre, Massacre... in February of 2018. Which we're almost up on the year. year yeah. Florida, yeah. Florida enacted an extreme risk protection order law, a higher minimum age for buying firearms, and a stronger waiting period. 
This drastic improvement to the state's previously very weak gun laws resulted in Florida raising its grade from an F to a C-. Well done, Florida. That's passing. It's passing. C's get degrees. <laughs> so, good job. Now, okay. we're done with politics. Yep. Wildlife. No more. Although, this is a little bit about politics, <laughs> but it mostly has to do with the environment. You want to talk about some polar vortexes? Yeah. So, I feel like I don't see this as much as I used to, which is reassuring, but... The idea that because it is cold where I am today <laughs> means that climate change isn't happening. Well, I think, I just want to clarify this. I'm sure everybody listening knows. But the reason people think this way is because we used to use global warming. Yes. Which was a misnomer. We should have always been using climate change. Yes. But we never do things right the first time because we're people. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, like global warming is still... An accurate, of, yeah. an accurate way of saying it, but from a marketing standpoint, it's harder for people to understand what average temperature, like global temperature increases means, yeah. as opposed to but it's not just changing climate. Yeah. No, and of course it's not. And, to be, and global warming was used as a fear-mongering tactic, so it's, yeah. it's better that we stick to climate change. But like you're saying, exactly, the global temperatures are increasing. Yes, Average but it's global not temperatures just that. are like, increasing. The polar vortex, the superstorms, everything like that. That is also things that happen because of climate change. Yes. Because I mean, like, okay, so when I mean you can say that warm air moves to the poles, and when we lose the strength of our jet streams that keep that warm air up during like cold winter months, mm -hmm. the air is no longer being held up at those higher latitudes and moves down, and that's why we have such cold temperatures. Like and I am, you know, I am by no means a climate scientist. He is from Maine, though, so. So it gets cold. <laughs> but, I mean, when this was, all this was happening in the Midwest, like in Chicago, it was colder in Chicago than it was in Alaska. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah. Insane. So, I just think that people need to dive more into climate change. I mean, to be, it's hard to convince someone that already doesn't believe in it, but we've talked about this before. We need to continue to do research. We need to continue to talk about the facts, and we need to continue to do what we can about it, which I guess I could go into my little rant now about climate change. Yeah, that's what I would say. Go ahead. So since Beyonce and Miley have both gone there in the past couple weeks, I feel like I know that this is something that people very often feel very uncomfortable with, and it's okay because we're going to get through it together. So I just want to just give a little precursor that this isn't to shame people, um, especially... I just know that there's been... People don't need to be shamed into doing anything. And it's also not an effective way to get people yeah, to change people, their yes. minds, too. Yep, about anything. So, not trying to shame you into eating a plant-based diet. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the simple changes that you can make in your diet that have a huge impact on the environment. So, from Climate Nexus, animal agriculture is the second largest contributor to human-made greenhouse gas emissions right after fossil fuels and is the leading cause of deforestation, water, and air pollution, and biodiversity loss. So in order to accommodate the nearly 70 billion animals raised annually for human consumption, a third, a third of the planet's ice-free land surface, as well as nearly 16% of global fresh water, is devoted to growing livestock. And also I feel like it's important to note that by the year 2050, we will have to increase, like we'll basically have to double our food supply. <laughs> yeah for growing human populations around the world. And even more, like furthermore, a third of the worldwide grain production is used to feed livestock. So these are huge numbers. I don't know if y'all know these, but I just, yes, you need to hear it. So the livestock sector is one of the leading drivers of, of global deforestation, is linked to 75% of historic deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon rainforest. Nearly a third of biodiversity loss to date has been linked to animal agriculture. And so you know, this is another, like, another good point that I only learned, like, when I was in undergrad was that I had, you know, I had this perception that tropical deforestation and forest loss was, you know, as a result of basically, like, consumption of wood and, yes. like, paper companies, which of is... Of course, yeah, because that's what it seems yeah, like. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. what, like, logically, that's what you would think would happen. But it's clearing for... No, land. yeah, and it, but it's actually clearing for basically, like, agriculture yep. and, like... Mm -hmm. Especially animal agriculture, because you need a lot of room yeah. for livestock. And so, 
I think that another big point, because we talk, try to talk about animals and humans on this podcast, and so the concentrated animal farming operations present additional public health risk to nearby communities, especially impacting those of lower socioeconomic classes that are not able to move away. So this is a huge problem in North Carolina. If y'all have seen the documentary, What the Health, they talk about it too. But in North Carolina, there's a lot of hogs, a, lo- a ton of hogs. And a lot of communities that live near these huge farms are often lower ec- lower socioeconomic classes and they develop asthma. And they just, they cannot move because the feces from, fo- from hogs is sprayed into the air through a sprinkler. So of course you would develop asthma. There's a lot of really cool statistics on the 22 days website that Beyonce shared. You can also, if you commit to maybe making a a small change in your diet to help with climate change, you can win free Beyonce and Jay-Z concert tickets for life. So go to the 22 days website that Beyonce shared on her Instagram. I think it's still in her bio. And if you go to that website, you can enter to win free tickets. I obviously did. Because, <laughs> duh. Um, but even if you're not completely vegan, I think you can still apply if you're willing to make a small change. I just wanted to give a, another stat. 53 gallons of water are used to produce one egg. 53 gallons of water to produce one egg. So chickens require water-intensive grain feed, as well as water for drinking and irrigation. Just think about these, like, these small, you can give up one egg. Like, you can give up one egg a week, and you're already making a big change. And even AOC, like, she urged kids to save the planet. She was asked how they, how kids can make a difference, and she urged them to ditch meat and dairy. So, another small, another stat, if you shower each day for seven minutes using a shower with a flow rate of two gallons per minute, you are using 14 gallons of water per day, right? Or 98 gallons per week, rounding that up to 100 52 weeks in a year, that's 5,200 gallons of water per year to take a daily shower. Compare that to the water that it takes to produce a pound of beef, and that's 5,214 gallons to produce one pound of beef. So you can save a lot more water by not eating beef than you can save by not showering for an entire year. So I know that it People will probably make the joke of, oh, good, now I'm just not going to take showers. Ha ha. Very funny. However, you have to take showers. You just have to. I'm sorry. Hygiene at some point will kick in. People will not want to be around you, whatever it is. You got to take a shower. And so I just think that people get intimidated by the word vegan. And so there's been a really big change for plant-based instead of vegan. Uh, Because, I mean, I know there, there are vegans out there that just... And maybe sometimes I've been this vegan, I don't know, but that just like push and push and push. And I think that just making a really small change, whether it be meatless Mondays or not eating meat all week and only having meat on the weekends, or some people do where they don't ever cook meat, but they'll only eat meat when they go out. Something like that is totally fine too. And I think that we're not making enough impact individually and we need to try to do better. And so I, that being said, I wanted to say that I know that I can do better. So like coffee and dark cho- dark chocolate are my vices, but I do try my best to only purchase those that are Rainforest Alliance certified. But what I'm saying is everybody has the potential to do something more and it's super overwhelming. So just take these little baby steps and the more you do, the more you can help the environment. And I think it's really hard to call yourself a conservationist if you are not making steps every day towards helping to save the environment because we don't have an administration that supports this. So we really have to do this. We really have to make this change. And then the final point I wanted to say about it was focusing on one driver of climate change, especially if it's already convenient for you, which I feel like it, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but if you already don't want to have kids and your biggest thing that you're helping to do the environment is not having a kid, that's not really making a change. And that's not helping the environment. If you already don't want a kid, you know? So it doesn't give you the right to tear down others. And I, I tried to not tear down others. I'm sorry if I've ever teared you down, tore you down. Um, but we need to all do our best to have the lowest impact possible, which involves more than just taking the bus, plant-based eating, or not having kids. So we know that this can all be overwhelming because everything is killing us, as Kyle said last episode. But we have to hold ourselves responsible for our choices. Baby steps. We can do this. Yeah, and like the other thing that I will add to that is 
working towards a more sustainable system in the terms of what our energy production is like, Mm -hmm. because as much as it is, you know, each of our own individual prerogatives to, to take these steps, um, which I try to do. (laughs) Yeah. Kyle's been doing, I mean, he has been trying to be vegetarian since the new year. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think, and I just want to just using Kyle as an example, everybody is going to mess up. You are at some point going to have meat either by accident on purpose, whatever, or you're going to have cheese, whatever you gave up. That doesn't mean you just stop. That's okay. You are okay. Just try your best again the next day and the next day. Take it day by day. If you accidentally have something or you choose to have something, it's okay. You just like really are craving a burger, which is If you really, really want a burger, that is okay. (laughs) But like, don't, don't change that into, okay, I have failed. Now I just can't be vegetarian. And that's sort of like the whole thing with resolutions is that, Mm -hmm. which I feel is like what kind of drives people to failure in the long run anyway is because like as soon as you mess up you're like oh well all right I'm trash I'm done now yeah (laughs) and it's okay failure okay I I think I need to hear this so future Diane listen to this (laughs) failure is okay it is totally fine to fail everybody fails I fail every day everybody my life is failure (laughs) it's okay it's something that we don't like to talk about we only like to talk about our successes and that's fine too we should celebrate those but it's okay to fail but that doesn't give you an excuse to continue failing. You need to try your best. That's all. Do yeah. better. Do just do better. Um, and sort of moving along from that, I guess I would say in parallel is the Green New Deal because this is another really important factor mm-hmm. in super important in our sustainability as a culture and planet. Um, because. Yet, like, as much as we can do individually, like, you know, cutting our consumptions of animal products or what have you, one of the biggest things that we have to do as a society is, like, you know, change our whole system of of operation. And the Green New Deal, like, basically the outline for the Green New Deal was released, um, I think, on Tuesday of this week. It was Monday or Tuesday of this This week. This past week. Um, And... (laughs) Honestly, like, so I, you know, I read the, the first thing that I saw of it was the NPR article, which did a pretty good job at outlining some of the basic things. And these include upgrading existing buildings, all existing buildings in the country um, for energy efficiency and working with farmers to eliminate pollution, greenhouse gas emissions, making technology more feasible and supporting the, supporting our food system with more green technology while also supporting family farms which I think is so important because yes. I know like in the area that I grew up, there are a lot of small family operated farms mm-hmm. that, you know, we need to make sure that we're not forgetting as we're moving forward because those people are really important as well. And eating local is super sustainable. Yeah. Like, so, you know, even, family you know, farms, great. Yeah. So, you know, if you do, you know, if you are having that, like, I really need a burger, like it's my vice, like get that a local, once a month yeah. yeah like getting local like sourcing local meat and dairy and animal products is like one of the best things that you can do if you still are using if you still those. if you still really need to have it as far as your diet because i know some people really struggle with their diet and getting yeah like getting whatever it is protein whatever i can have a whole rant about protein and vegans totally being able to have vegans probably have more protein than meat eaters anyways because we're so aware of it anyways if you have a diet that you need to have meat, dairy, whatever your body needs, you really need to hold yourself responsible for having local, pro- locally produced meat, dairy. Anyway, family Green farms. New Deal. <laughs> Sorry, family farms, Green New Deal. We're on. I'm on my little soapbox. I'm trying to get down, but it's <laughs> high off the ground. <laughs> um, overhauling the transportation system to reduce emissions and basically having like a more, a more effective public transportation system and honestly one of my favorite parts about this is expanding high speed rail as you you know heard of probably a few episodes ago now I think it was like mm-hmm. two or three episodes ago now I feel very passionately about our lack of public transportation that is think, not air travel and I've saw some things where there have been criticism of uh, criticisms of the high speed rail other countries do it we can do it. China and Japan have like incredible, <laughs> incredible infrastructure. So stop and acting like China they can't has do it. Way more people than we do. Yeah. Like it is this is totally possible. And even in this NPR article, I saw some I saw some criticisms from scientists. And, you know, 
I am not. I am not a climate scientist. I'm not a you know. We're master students, in case you forgot. <laughs> like transportation infrastructure science. Like I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a like engineer. I don't. You know. But it is not helpful to criticize this general idea moving forward. Like, well, I don't think that being able to move to a high speed rail system as our major mode of transportation in the U.S. by like you know in 10, 15 years is use, is possible. So what? Let's try. I think that's a big thing too. We often get caught up in the semantics of things and the logistics and just all the stuff. It's like, why don't we just try? Yeah. Because otherwise, what is it? What is it? 2050? Yeah. We don't have much time. We need to do everything that we possibly can. That's not that far off. We're almost at 2020 now. Yeah. That's scary. That's terrifying. Um, the other, the other like really cool and important things that I think we're mentioned in this article were basically a, a jobs guarantee with a family sustaining wage because that's also really important to our future moving forward mm -hmm. and high quality health care for all Americans because mm -hmm. those those will like I mean they should be incorporated into this kind of stuff because a high quality health care system for all Americans will improve our economy too. Mm -hmm. And if it's not based around this idea of a sustainable economy, which we can get into a sustainable economy later because I have a whole bunch of thoughts about that, but in an, an infinitely <laughs> an infinitely growing economy can inherently not be sustainable and that's a problem that I have with a lot of ways that economics are framed. Mm -hmm. Um but anyway, <laughs> that's a rant for a different time. Um so basically overall the green new deal proposal I think is a really important thing that needed to come out because we need something we need something to start with and you know there's some criticism that like this won't pass anyway and even the npr article addressed like why sh like if this isn't going to pass like why are we doing it but we need to show especially like as young progressive people mm -hmm. moving forward we need to show america that we have ideas for what we're going to do because this is going to become increasingly important especially when we start to see the direct effects of climate change, mm -hmm. like increased storm severity, increased frequency of storms, more erratic weather events like the polar vortex mm -hmm. coming down into the U.S. and causing really low temperatures because, like, people live in these areas. And, you know, as pretty privileged people who can always go into a bed that's warm mm -hmm. at night, we don't even think about people that are, like, homeless populations that are living on the street that yeah, climate really... Change. Climate change is also a social issue because yeah. it affects those, like I was just, like I said earlier, those of lower socioeconomic classes, it affects them much more than it affects mm -hmm. us. So even as much as we think that we're being affected, it's infinitely more yeah. on them. So I also think this is a really important thing, whether it would actually ever be passed or not, because the major players that are running for president are having to immediately say that they support it. Yeah. Which is important. Because not that, I don't think that generally any of these candidates have a problem talking about climate change but it's really cool to see them immediately just taking on. it up as like yeah. a major campaign yes promise basically so another thing that happened that was introduced so bipartisan senators introduced wildlife conservation legislation which is the wild act which promotes wildlife conservation assist in the management of invasive species to help protect endangered species. This bipartisan legislation will reauthorize gov government conservation programs and establish prize competitions to prevent illegal poaching and trafficking, manage invasives, and promote conservation. And there was also companion legislation that was introduced into the House of Representatives. Look it up if you want to learn more about it. Overall, great. Also, Corey B., a.k.a. Corey Booker, a.k.a. Corey in the House 2020, is a co-sponsor. So what do you think are some of the shortcomings of legislation like this. Like, what do you think that... So, as you know, in, in our field, we sort of focus a lot on, like, what U.S. Fish and Wildlife can do and, like, the policy... Like, what the administration can do. Like, what are these, like, policy-level instead of, you know, law-level aspects of wildlife conservation we can get behind? What do you think are some of the things that we should focus more on in in the form of, like actual legislation for wildlife conservation i think i mean honestly the biggest thing is funds yeah because there's only so much that ngos can do there's only so much that anybody could do without an official law being without an yeah. act being introduced so i think for me it seems like it would be the that would be the biggest thing 
because of what I study, I think it's really important to protect endangered species that are not native, Mm -hmm. uh, that we do care about as a country, like elephants, great apes, turtles, tigers, that type of thing. Which, if you buy a tiger stamp, that helps. So do that for sure. A lot of countries, including the United States, are... The de- they are the ones that are providing this demand yeah. for illegally wild illegally trafficked wildlife. And so I think by the U.S., whether it actually making a difference or not, by passing laws that will prohibit this, we are making a big stand against that. Yeah, I guess the other thing that I would add is that one of the things that I think are the way that our legislation, and I guess for the most part, policies regarding wildlife conservation matter is a lot of it is and this is you know this is at large more than just wildlife conservation but just like environmental conservation overall yeah but i think that i have seen a lot more recently that a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily as cemented into law as it should be Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's with everything i'm learning about yeah and (laughs) so you know i think that it should be the job of our of our legislature to moving forward better cement some of these policies into into our government so that when there is transition and turnover into a new administration being regressive on some of these policies isn't quite as easy I guess yes absolutely agree yeah some happy news Baby tortoises were found on a Galapagos island for the first time in over 100 years. So there have, over the past 100 years, there was no baby tortoise sightings on the Galapagos island. And a, yeah, a small group of babies have been spotted again. And these babies will help the critically endangered animals back from the bringing extinction, which of course was caused by humans. So yay! There was also some bad news this week. There is some bad news this week. And, sorry, bat, B-A-T, not bad. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it is, like, a little bit bad. But it's also good. It's I mean, bad, it's, but it's, it's back good. And so, Pennsylvania, um, which is one of the states that has been most affected by white-nose syndrome, which is a fungal pathogen that affects cave hibernating bats in the eastern United States. Um, that's my elevator speech. <laughs> I have to talk about it a lot. Um, even though my project isn't really pertaining to white-nose syndrome. Um, but, basically, it's came over to the United States from Europe um, and was first discovered in New York in, I believe, 2009. And basically has spread out from that point onward to caves throughout the eastern United States. Mm -hmm. It's now in Texas as far as, like, Texas and Kansas. And there are a few isolated caves in um, Oregon and Washington, so why does where it it's spread? also been discovered too? And basically, like the major spread cause is from humans that are caving in these different environments and not cleaning their gear in between caves. It is and, such an easy thing, an easy way to, pre- yeah. to prevent this. And so, like, clean the, your gear. The only like the the specific ways that you need to clean, like, there are very specific guidelines for cleaning your gear. You have to either basically spray them with rubbing alcohol um, or boil or use industrial Clorox. It's really like actual, like a very straining process um, because I have to do it for my field work (laughs) and it's very annoying. (laughs) Um, But but, important. But important because you want to basically like limit your spread of these fungal spores that can basically be on anything and hold on to anything. And it's um, super sad. There are there are two there are sort of a few different hypotheses. Um, one of them is that it causes them to desiccate. They basically like the fungus somehow messes with their metabolism in a way that eats up all of their water and fat reserves. Oh God. Um, and they can't eat or drink anything in the winter if there's not any bugs or you know water to drink from. Um, so that's like one of the ideas. There are other ideas that you know it can deteriorate skin so there are individuals that will have like holes in their wings and i mean there's it's it's pretty sad stuff um but anyway (laughs) there are it affects like particularly cave hibernating bats um and some of the species in the eastern united states have had seen have seen declines of up to like 99 percent in their hibernaculas so it's a really big problem and we as scientists are you know working on how to better 
manage these species. There are some people that are working on cures for the fungal pathogen or for the fungal pathogen. Um, there are some people in Georgia that are working on like actual treatment of a cave ecosystem right now, which is kind of interesting and cool. And anyway, the long story short is there are a lot of bats that are seeing declines from this uh, disease. And but why are bats even important? Basically, like don't they have rabies? They <laughs> good question from Diane, which she actually heard from a high schooler this week. <laughs> um, so some bats do have rabies. Yes, you should never touch a bat if you are. Not I got a bit by a bat once. How I told you that? Oh, so did you have to get a whole bunch of shots? Uh huh. Yeah, I had you... to get rabies like the post exposure. Yeah, if you don't so it was have like a... eight shots. Yeah. So don't fu- don't touch don't them. Don't touch bats because <laughs> they don't. So like they will start giving you the shots before they even know if the bat has rabies. Yeah. And the only they way that, the, the only way that you can test the bat that has bitten you is by testing its brain tissue. So they have That's, to kill it. Yeah. That's um, with any animal, so just stay away from wild animals. Yeah, so don't get bit by wild animals. Um, so maybe don't touch them, leave them alone. But only about only less than 1% of wild bat populations actually have rabies, so the ones that you see probably won't, and ones that are flying around very likely won't. But that doesn't mean that you should ever touch them. You why should, are they important? You should us? always call your... Um, you should always call your, like, wildlife control officer... And make sure that they know that it hasn't bitten you if, you know, it's been in an, if it is inside your house or like, you know, been in an area mm-hmm. um, that you potentially could have come in contact with it. But basically bats are important for a whole multitude of reasons. The ones here in the United States are all insectivorous, so they all eat insects. And basically they contribute, they, you know, there's a statistic from a paper that cites that they, that you could cite that would say they, um can they contribute about three billion dollars to our economy and pest you know pest control which is obviously very important um people people at my field site love hearing that like they'll be eating all of the bugs that are around them because there are a lot of bugs in coastal south carolina yes and um (laughs) yes (laughs) and yeah so so they're very important for like from an agricultural pest standpoint um in other areas of the world particularly in mexico there are bats that are pollinators for yeah. tequila plants, so tequila. Hey. Bum, bum, dun, dun, dun. Tequila! Um, <laughs> so Very important. Yeah, in a lot of areas, they're pollinators. Um, and They suck people's blood. They don't ever suck people's blood. They turn they you into a vampire. Animal blood. <laughs> um, Diane is full of crap. <laughs> I was actually scared of that as a kid, because what was that movie? Remember that movie? Where the cows get bit. Well, the cows do get bit, but they're but not people. But then... The cows are not people. They start flying. What? The Littlest Vampire. I have no idea what you're talking about. What's that movie, y'all? Tell me, because <laughs> at I Diane. At Diane.Dotson22 on Twitter. <laughs> Tell me what movie I'm talking about. You know where the, there's that little kid with the blonde hair? I honestly kids, have no idea. The kids get... The cows get bit by... Maybe it's a vampire. It's probably not I mean, a bat. It's, yeah, it's probably not a bat. It's probably vampire bats. I mean, because bats don't turn you into... They start flying. It's a whole spooky little... I think it's called The Littlest Vampire. I think he's a vampire. Okay, sure. Let me know. But anyway, bats are cool and important, and we actually haven't even gotten to the real point of this, (laughs) which is that um, (laughs) Pennsylvania, which is a state that has been affected by white-nose syndrome a lot because it's pretty close to uh, New York, so it was pretty early on that they found positive sites for um, white-nose syndrome... Listed three of their bat species, the northern long-eared bat, the little brown bat, and the tricolored bat. The northern long-eared bat and the tricolored bat are two of the species that I am studying, so that's cool. Um, But they have both, all three of those species have declined pretty rapidly, and they've all been listed as protected under Pennsylvania's State Endangered Species Act. This is is cool and impactful because the northern long-eared bat is listed under the Federal Endangered Species Act as threatened, um, but has a specific ruling under it called a 4D rule, which is too much for you to really need to know about. But basically, it's listed as threatened but not endangered, um, which does change a little bit of its management. And the tricolored bat is up for endangered status listing right now. Um, And the little brown bat is not listed at all under the Federal Endangered Species Act. So this is cool because this is a state that has been really heavily impacted by this disease, and these species will benefit from, you know, having extra conservation Mm -hmm. dollars and protection from the state of Pennsylvania. Yay, bats! 
Tweet and at Kyle if you want to learn more about bats ever. Yes. That's probably all he's ever going to say about it. O-H-H-S-H-U-T-E on Twitter. And you can ask me about bats because I will gladly answer them and I don't have that many followers. And he's so. probably never going to talk about him again on this podcast. Probably not. <laughs> Just kidding. We, if there's more news, we can talk about him. So moving on to everyone's favorite segment, pop culture. My, our favorite segment because it's happy. It's always happy. It's, Nobody has told us it wasn't their favorite. That's true. Fair point. <laughs> Feel free to give us feedback on what's your favorite. Uh, before we start on pop culture. Actually, yeah, I guess not all of it is happy. Yes. There was a great example of our dear friend Kara giving great feedback in a very nice way. She listened to our podcast and yelled at me for saying Quavo. Wrong. <laughs> I said Quavo. Listen. You, I think you were thinking like Davo. Probably. Who knows? I have already addressed this in this podcast once. I am terrible at pronouncing things. Ask Kyle. I looked up three names before we started this <laughs> on Google to make sure that she I was She looked up her own right. name. I looked up my own She was name. like, Diane. <laughs> Diana. 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 <laughs> Anyways, I am sorry if I pronounce something wrong, but please, like Kara did, text me outraged and I will, <laughs> and I will fix it you because I think pronouncing people's names and things correctly is very important. I often just do it incorrectly. So please let me know. I would love to grow from this. Thank Agreed. you. Thank you, Kara. And as someone whose last name gets spelled wrong constantly by every single one of his friends, um, yeah, it's important to just like check. You know, you just check with the people. Just check. It's okay. And I know some mad. Bad, sometimes it sounds a little ignorant because we are really good at white names. Yeah. And it is okay rather than continuing to pronounce somebody's name wrong. <laughs> I think it's more important that you take the time to learn. Yeah. Right? It shows that you actually care. You care. So, I'm sorry, Quavo. I'm so scared to <laughs> say your really name. think about it. I'm so scared to say your name now. But please still invite the Clemson players. I'd love to see that. So, in case you didn't see it already, Jesse Smollett, the beloved LGBTQ plus activist, actor, and singer, he is on Empire. If you don't watch Empire, highly recommend, although it is... <laughs> Very intense, so <laughs> I will say that. He was attacked by two men that were wearing Make America Great hats. And after they physically assaulted him, they put a noose around his neck and poured bleach on him. And I think what was, besides just being absolutely... Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, is that a lot of news sources were saying a supposed or a possible or a, like... They were not calling it a hate crime. And it is 100%. And how can it not be a hate crime? There was a noose. Yeah. There was bleach. They asked if he was that empire guy. They called him names. It is a racist and homophobic attack. It is. You need to call it what it is. It is a hate crime. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I think everybody was just very glad that he is okay. And he performed hoping like a justice. week after. Yes, hoping for justice. They've already, they've already started saying that oh he won't give up his phone or whatever. This is a crime that happened to somebody. It was tar- It was a targeted attack. It is very clearly motivated by one thing. And let's once again, they were wearing MAGA hats. So don't say that your words don't matter because they do. The things that you say about. Other people, people are listening. They do not fall on deaf ears. People are listening. And I think that we need to, some people need to be held more accountable for this and news outlets and everybody else needs to call it what it is. And I think ultimately this is a great time for the House of Representatives to respond by passing the federal anti-lynching bill. Yeah. So do that. Under President Trump, the U.S. has experienced a dramatic rise in hate crimes In 2017, they increased by 17%, and of the 7,100 recorded incidences, approximately 60% were attacks on the basis of race or ethnicity, while 16% were based on sexual orientation. This is not okay. We need to do something about this. Ultimately, electing somebody else would change at least the MAGA part of it. (laughs) Um, It's not going to stop how people feel and the continuous... Uh, I don't even know what to call it. The hate that's been spilled by politicians. It's all terrible. We can do better. Be better. Do better. Do better. We didn't watch the Super Bowl because Black Lives Matter. 
Next. <laughs> Just like that, I'm back on Bumble. Just kidding. But Serena had that very inspirational commercial that aired during the Super Bowl. I didn't see it then, but she tweeted it. And it was for Bumble. And she was just saying, girls, you you got this. Take the lead. All of this was very inspirational. I mean, you are back on Bumble, right? No. You're not on Bumble? I go in these cycles. We don't need to get into this No, I think we do. (laughs) I just sometimes don't think that it's worth it. Ugh. Dating is a lot of work, and I just don't have time. I'm graduating. <laughs> Thank you, Next, the album! Thank you, Next, the album came out. Uh, so good. Oh, it, my God. Yesterday? Last no, night? No, two nights ago. Two nights ago. I was Thursday like, night. Because it has felt like an eternity, and that is amazing. Because, I, because we've been listening to it nonstop. Nonstop. Over and over again. Nonstop. It is so good. We'll talk a little bit more about it later. We also watched The Assassination of Gianni Versace, which is the American crime story. Yeah. So good. Very good. We're not done with it yet. No. We have more. So maybe it'll get sad or bad. It's going mean, well, so to get more if sad because I know. I know if, what happens. <laughs> I mean, but you know at the beginning. Historically, I know what happens. <laughs> um, no, but, it gets worse than what happened at the beginning. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I, I mean, know. it's... I don't know if you'll think it's worse. I don't know. We... Because Darren Chris is stunning <laughs> and an amazing actor and... We can't take our eyes off of him when he's on the screen. At least I, for me, I can't. And so he's a serial killer. <laughs> uh, which I don't think that people... I know that we are not fetishizing him being a serial killer. I am focused on Darren Chris solely, not his character. Other friends, maybe. Other friends, maybe. Watch your back. <laughs> we also started watching Sex Education. Which is another really good Netflix show. A Netflix original. I think we need to tell people that it's super British, though. Because when Very I started British. it, I was like, whoa. But you get... you get. I, we're just dumb Americans. We can't handle accents. But I, I, promise I mean, you, I like it. No, but I promise you, you will adjust the accent. It just takes a minute. <laughs> Very Southern of you. <laughs> I promise y'all, you will get used to it. And now, Riley, we're going to be in... <laughs> Oh, yikes. Might get pushed back from that one. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> um, Do we have a lot of Southern listeners? I don't think so. We're I don't know. Maybe. I don't... I'm not sure. Sex but anyway, education is super... Very sex positive, yes. which is great. A li- like, I mean, be prepared. It's a Netflix show, so, like, it is... Sadness. Like, there is nudity. Like, oh, yeah. You know, be prepared for that if you go into watching tits, it. Tits, tits, tits. <laughs> You're going to keep that part in? Yep. Okay. Um, but... <laughs> Be prepared for that, but it is a very sex-positive show, and it is great, and it is so emotional, and I've cried so many times while watching it, mm-hmm. because there are some really sad parts. Yeah, There is a yourself. lot of sex in it, obviously, yes. um, so Called also prepare education. yourself for that. Um, Diane has finally watched Black Panther. <gasps> I watched it! I told y'all. Kyle didn't believe in me. I told y'all I was going to watch it. Okay, what I would like to say about Black Panther is, y'all didn't tell me it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so here's my thoughts. I We've been over this. I'm not super into the superhero movies. I did not know it was, like, infinitely better than any superhero movie I'd ever seen. I know they've been getting a lot of love, but I thought that was just because it was an all-black cast. But it is so good! It's quality. It is so good. If you haven't watched Black Panther, I'm sure you have. <laughs> everyone everyone else in America has watched it at this point. But you I'm, are the last person. I'm in. I'm in it. For the long haul, I would watch... I th- they're going to do another one, right? I think I saw some things. I think so. I think I saw some things online. I mean, there are other Marvel movies that will probably have him in it. And the other major characters. No, but... I want them... I just want that cast again. I want Michael B. Jordan back. Okay, so I recently <laughs> was talking to our friend Allison about anti-heroes. And technically, Michael B. Jordan is an anti-villain. And I've just learned all of this because I'm getting thrown into the world of heroes and villains. <laughs> and heroes and villains are actually everywhere. I know, society. but I mean, I mean, like comic book type <laughs> stuff. Um, whatever you call what you like, these things. And he's technically an anti-villain because he has noble intentions, but he is. He does it in a. Bad he does way. it in a very bad way. But he's so hot. <laughs> he's so hot. Anyways, it's okay. Um, Black Panther, so good. I you can't I tell people. Yeah, you can't tell people to watch it because everyone else has seen it. I know. I can't tell anybody to watch it. Although my roommate was forced to watch it with me. Well, Which she wasn't good. forced. She just sat on the couch and watched it. Yeah, that's she could have left at any time, but it was so good she didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kyle, what is your stand of the week? All right, this week my stand is one actress 
uh, Miss Ellen Page because she is incredible. She's from Juno. I mean, yes. <laughs> one one of many things that she is in. That's probably the only thing I've seen her in, though. What? Have you what ever seen she? Inception? Nope. What? Uh, I guess you haven't seen any of the X-Men movies because you don't watch. Come at me. I don't watch movies. Anyway. She's from Nova Scotia. Scooter. Oh my gosh! <gasps> I can't say Actually, anything. you know, you know, Megan said it. She said, "How do you say it?" Nova Scotia. Oh, I said it right the first time. Scotia. Oh, Sco- <laughs> close though. Wait, what did you say? You said no, no. You said Nova Scotia. And how do you say it? Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. There you go. Wow, I hate everything. <laughs> I was born in the south, and my parents are from the Midwest. This explains <laughs> Dude, everything. Butchered, even butchered. This accent. explains everything. <laughs> um. Anyway, Ellen Page was on Late Night with Stephen Colbert last week, and she had the most incredible input. So if you didn't know, Ellen Page is on a TV show that she has been producing um, called Gaycation, and it's from Vice, so it's on Viceland. And basically, like, they go around, and it's like a personal journey to explore LGBTQ, like, cultures around the world. And, like, that, you know, so she is a lesbian. I don't, I think that that's well-known, but I guess I might as well say it, too. I don't know that I knew that. Um. I don't really know her, though. So, yeah, you only knew she was in Juno, so. I did see the video, though, because it was viral. So, the video is amazing. It went around on Twitter. Um, she was on, yeah, Late Night with Stephen Colbert, and she is having none of it from anyone. None of it! None of it. Which is actually a town in northern Canada. None of it. Wow. The more you know. So anyway, know. Ellen Page, she basically was talking about uh, what it has been like, um, you know, being a member of the LGBTQ plus community after certain elected officials have been in office. And she was really just expressing that, and it was, it was really emotional too, um, but she was really just expressing how it has felt to be in that community when you have elected officials who are actively like working against, against your interests, you know, particularly when it comes to conversion therapy, yeah. which is something that we should all feel passionately about because it is a disgusting, disgusting practice. Yes. Um, and, you know, it, it was just a really emotional video where she was expressing like how hard it is you know other people hear you when you're talking about these situations you know when you're expressing these like feelings of like like bigotry and you know anti-lgbtq plus sentiment yes like people are hearing you and people are listening and that really does affect all of these people on a daily basis she also called out chris pratt she did, yes. Which is honestly important because I know that in pop culture we love to just be like, Chris Pratt is amazing and like he has really good pecs. But his <laughs> his church that he is aligned with has some really messed up views on the LGBTQ plus community. And people are calling him out on it. And as we said. should. We should because just be like, you have your right to believe in your religion, but when it comes to other people and like focusing on what those beliefs are about other people who are outside of that religion... You know, you need to respect them as individuals and people, you know, first before you push your your different views on them. Yep. So that is my stand this week. Ellen Page, you're amazing. And, you know, we'll interview you anytime. So, yeah, I would like to I would just like to talk to you because I don't know much about you at all. Yeah, well, I do. <laughs> and I love you. So. So come chat. My stand of the week I know it's basic. I don't really care. It's Ariana Grande. Her album. Thank you. Next. Okay, so I told y'all. Was it last week? Was it last week? I told y'all that Break Up With Your Boyfriend, I'm Bored, was going to be a bop. And tell me it's It's not. It's a bop. Yeah, it's a bop. She released a video at the same time as the album. Watch the video. There are theories online that it is more about breaking up with a guy to be your best self. So that's why the girl looks like Ariana Grande. I don't really know what she meant by it. Let's see what she has to say. Currently, Kyle and I are very obsessed with Bloodline. It's a good song. So good. So good. Also, we like NASA. 
I really like NASA. I like NASA too. I mean, I like all of them. Every song on that album is yes, every, every song. quality. And what I wanted to really stand her for is the fact that she is talking about things that we are always thinking about. So ghosting, ghosting is really cool. Uh, what is it? Needy, needed. Yeah, needy. Needy. They talk. She just talks about mental health issues as well as like these insecurities that we have. Fake and smile. Fake smile. All of these things that we. As a society, like ghosting, people ghost each other. That's what happens. And fake smiles. I mean, I have literally been fake smiling since I can My remember. life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also real smile sometimes. Don't, don't worry. We're happy but right now, talks, typically. Yes. She talks about mental health. She talks about emotional baggage that she has. And she just gets like very real with things that she has faced in her life. And I just think that's super important. And I just love her for it. She is inspiring people. Whether you like her or not, she is openly talking about issues that she has faced. And I think that's super important because often we try to show the perfect sides of ourselves. And I think there's been a big move lately. Like Beyonce did the same thing in Lemonade. She tried to talk more about, yeah, she tried to talk more about the things that we are actually going through rather than just being perfect. And I think these are super important. Listen to her album. You might resonate with different songs than we did we like them because they're bops <laughs> so yeah overall great album ariana grande do your thing what yeah 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 come on would recommend. we'll interview you ariana grande you don't need <laughs> us but you want us right <laughs> we need you <laughs> we need you honestly we wouldn't even have to record you if i could even get a wink from you i'd be happy like a like on on any social media platform yeah I also said that... But also NASA, we're important for who we are and we don't need the approval of famous people too. Oh yeah, so that's true. That's also okay, a good point. Whatever. <laughs> I said that NASA should make a... I said it on Twitter, so if you want to retweet it so it becomes popular. I think that NASA I should make that. a video with them, with NASA, the song by Ariana Grande in the background and they can promote NASA with I her mean, new yeah. song. I think that would And work they can get well. younger generations interested in this. And it's just very Hashtag important. STEM. Hashtag STEM is so important. So, yay. Yeah. And I mean, I'll go retweet that right now. Thank you. Because that's the... We need NASA to make a video. That's a... Oh, that would be good. That's what I just said. No, no, no. I know, no, no. I'm sorry. But this like... One. Yep, I see it. You don't have any retweets on it, so that's really sad. I know. I think there I tweeted at a bad time. I just did it. Yeah, there people you go. And I'll agree. like it too. There Maybe you go. people didn't agree. Now you've got new ones. Anywho, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Let us know if there's something you want to talk about or if you want to come on and be interviewed. I know that certain people have a lot of thoughts, and you are more than welcome to talk about them on our podcast. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ew. <laughs> Bye.